You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further, the weekly podcast of Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Andy Lynch, Connections Pastor here at Kingsway, and we are kicking off a new series this Sunday, if you're listening as it drops this week. It'll be called Leverage, and we'll be talking a little bit about financial things, but we'll also just be talking about our lives in light of eternity and how can we leverage all the resources that God has given us for the kingdom. And so today, we just want to get that conversation started. This podcast over the next three, four, five weeks is going to give you a lot of financial wisdom and insight from a bunch of different professionals, and we're looking forward to pass that along to you. But today, we just want to have a conversation as a staff. We've got five staff members in the room, and we just want to talk about money and and how perhaps we were raised with money, some of the things that our parents maybe taught us that were good or not good, and then how we've implemented some new strategies in our lives. We just want to get you thinking and we want to have that conversation here. And so as you have questions over this month, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me a lynch at kingswaychurch.org and we can take down those questions. And as we talk to folks, uh, keep those in mind so that we can uh, address some things you're going through. But I want to welcome Andy Calla, our facilities specialist, Christian Crampton, our high school student pastor, and Brett Cadwell, our executive pastor here today as we just unpack some some daily living things. Andy, we'll start with you. Money. When you think of that growing up, did, did it make you tense? Did it make you excited? How, how were you raised when it comes to money? Um, I didn't really think too much about it, to be honest. Not like I was spoiled or anything, but um, I mean, growing up, I was given like an allowance, but then my parents instituted this thing where they called budget money. So I was given a little bit more of an allowance, but I'm in exchange for that, I had to like buy my own clothes, which wasn't a problem for me because I don't like buying clothes. I did the um, same thing. They gave me like 20 bucks a week or something. Maybe not that. Maybe a month. I don't remember. I'd be like, thanks for the free money. I'm just never buying clothes. Just let it stack up. Right. And and I look terrible. Yeah. But it was okay. My wife points out the uh, holes in my clothes all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not like a pastor or anything. I don't have to look nice. <laughs> I'm about to go work and get all gross. <laughs> There you go, Christian. How about you? Did you have a clothing allowance? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I mean, I had like chores where we get allowance and stuff. Um, but my parents, uh, sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening, uh, they were not the best with money growing up. And uh, like they both had well-paying jobs, but it just kind of always seemed like we were tight on money. Um and they'll even admit to this now for a while they were living above their means and it wasn't honestly until i went away to college that they like downsized pretty much everything hmm. so i going into like life as a, a functional part of society didn't really have any idea what to do with money other than like yeah spend it <laughs> It just happens, right? We have money and we get to, to yeah. spend. Like, like my, my dad's very smart. He's a math major at the University of North Carolina. I know Brett loves that. Tar Heel uh, right. red and blue. Yeah, yes. that's right. But like, like he never taught me about debt. He said, oh, yeah, you'll go to college and it'll be okay to get loans. Mm-hmm. And I, I just figured, oh, well, great. You know, and then we'll get loans. And then I leave Syracuse University and I have all these loans. And I'm like, what do I do now, dad? <laughs> yes. And they just didn't. Like, like, I don't know why, Brett, did you, your, your parents prepare you? Did you have a conversation? Did you understand these things going into, you know, outside of high school? 
Yeah, I mean, my dad was a small business owner in Avon his whole life uh, and had a business degree from Butler University, go dogs. And um, I like every college, I guess. You really um, do like a lot of colleges. I, I really do. And, uh, but, uh, no, so, I mean, I think him and my mom, they were very good with money and probably both, you know, usually you have a saver and a spender in a relationship. They were both kind of savers. Uh, my dad's probably more of a spender if uh, my mom would let him. And, but, you, you know, I, th we just didn't talk about it very much. I mean, I had an allowance and they, they taught me how to use that and I could use it however I wanted to. I got paid to mow the grass and, uh, but we just didn't, you know, necessarily talk about what that would look like as an adult, as I got into my own life and my own family, how those things work. You know, probably I, I say that one thing that they, that I did learn is, my mom and dad talked a lot about credit cards and the fact that they never had one that they didn't pay off at the end of the, the month. And so I know, I know just from talking to other people, there's a lot of people that didn't get, don't get that guidance. And they think that a credit card is a, is an opportunity or a way to, you know, get something maybe before you can actually afford it and, or, you know, and not understanding the interest that comes with those and all that stuff. And so, that was that was one piece of wisdom I just feel like I always had. I don't remember a conversation that yeah. where that happened, but that was at least instilled in me at some point in my life. So, so we want to start these conversations. And as, as you have family, as you have a spouse, you know, we encourage you, especially during this month, if you haven't had these types of talks, you know, begin to do so. Uh, we will be offering Financial Peace University. It'll start at the end of this month. So look for more details as that comes your way uh, over these next few weeks, but a great opportunity to go through uh, some good financial wisdom. Andy, uh, you and your wife have a very interesting system. I want to learn all about this. How do you guys approach money? Uh, well, it's, it's hard to be sure how much detail you want. Cause I could talk for like an hour and a half, <laughs> but, uh, it is kind of started when my wife and I first got married and someone gifted us a sign up for financial peace university. Well, how about that? Yeah. Great so plug. the very first thing go. we did as a married couple was take a class together on money. So from that, we learned all about budgeting and how to manage debt, the debt snowball, um, how to, well, Dave Ramsey is very much against credit cards, but right. we kind of take more of the approach of if you can use it for the cash back and use it as just kind of a middleman between you and your checking account, then you can kind of stay on top of it. And if you pay it all off, you don't owe any interest. Yeah. So um, just kind of using those things to our benefit. But um, for me and my wife, the main thing we do is we've split all of the financial planning in our house into kind of a checks and balances kind of thing. So with all of the bills and expenses and everything, I record those and I track every expense we make. And then my wife also tracks like where all of our money is supposed to go. Like this much goes to this thing and this much goes to this thing and this much goes to this thing. Sure. And then once a month, we bring those together into a budget council where we, you know, just make sure we're on track with everything. A budget council. Does someone get voted off the island? I don't know. We we had we actually not. we actually had one just last night, and um, my wife had had a very tough day, and I was like, I am just going to reserve the right to postpone this for twenty four hours if it goes badly. <laughs> That's a smart move because you have to approach those conversations yeah. in the right mind frame. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, we didn't have to, but um, but it, in Financial Peace University, um, there's a lot of we learned there's a lot of fear when it comes to the word budget. Because yes. people think like it's a collar around you to control you. But 
the when we were in Financial Peace, Dave Ramsey talked about how it's not meant to control you. It's actually meant to give you control. Right. Because if you don't work within a budget or you don't try and control your money, your money is going to control you and you won't have any idea where it's all going. Yeah. But with a budget, you actually get control and you can divert it how you want it to go. Brett, I know you've you've seen the, the farm budget. I mean, you've worked on a household budget. There's been lots of different ways where you've had to interact with that in your life. Yeah, you probably don't know what I'm about to say, but when I was an intern at Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, one of the things that you got as an internship is a free uh, Financial Peace University uh, like class, whatever. Okay. And so that was actually one of the first things that Shelby and I did together. Oh, wow. And what was funny is that we were in a class with almost all couples anywhere from 40 to 65 and every one of them looked at 23-year-old Brett and Shelby and said, man, I wish that I was you. Yeah. When I, I wish I would have taken or gotten this, this in, you know, intellect or this, you know, insight when I was 23 years old and I would, it would have saved me so much heartache or, you know, bad decisions. And so honestly there was, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I gleaned, we gleaned a lot. We used a lot of the Financial Peace University, um, you know, insight in early in our marriage, but probably the biggest thing we gleaned from that was why are all these people talking to us about <laughs> all the mistakes they've made? There must be a lot of mistakes that you can make. Let's learn what those are. And so we did a, we did a lot of that. I remember honestly in, in, in high school in Avon high school, my econ teacher gave every class this example that, you know, it was very simple, but if you save just a few dollars a day when you were from your 18th birthday, it was like by the time you're 35, you'd be a millionaire, wow. and uh, and it exponentially went up as you you know he kind of assumed you'd get a better job, and but if you if you became a saver, you know that you know just trying to teach about compound interest and all those things, and yeah. I don't even remember the details. I just remember, and there's something to that. Right. But mo well, how come nobody does that? Like you don't meet very many 35 year old, you know, average people in the in the world that are millionaires, right. you know, and so. Um, and, you know, and then going to the farm, it, that's where I, it got, it got, I mean, there was, I had to process through a lot because Dave Ramsey and farming do not go hand in hand. Oh, really? Dave Ramsey is very black and white and farming is honestly, for a lot of ways, you're leveraging your debt. Huh. And so there's very few farmers out there that would say, you know, there's so many tax advantages to, you know, spending and not, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't pay tax wise to pay down your debt. And so most, most farmers are, it's advantageous to buy new equipment and okay. do those things. And so you're kind of constantly in this debt cycle, but there's good debt and bad debt and understanding those things. And so when I got into that, I had to really wrestle with, you know, and you know, my personal finances and then the commercial finances of a business wow. and, and they're very, very different. And I see that too here. You know, when we as a church talk about finances, every single person out there applies their own personal finances to the church. Mm -hmm. And they just, it's not the same. Yeah. And there's still the same thing as there's good debt and bad debt in your personal life. There's good debt and bad debt in church life. There's good debt and bad debt in business life. Mm -hmm. You have to understand those things. But uh, just understanding that those things are different and that, you know, the church may not approach finances or debt or those sort of things like you would in your personal life and vice versa and understanding how those things, you know, and, and talking through that is, is really, really helpful, 
you know, as, as we get to, as we, I mean, I get questions all the time about the finances of the church. And sure. sometimes, you know, it's hard to understand why, why do we have debt? Why, you know, where'd that come from? What do we do with that? I don't know if that's really where you wanted the conversation to go, but that's where I'm taking it. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, I mean, I think, and, and I think for anybody, kind of like what Andy said, when you, when you go through Financial Peace University, it's, Dave has to be black and white because mm-hmm. he's talking to millions of families, right. but you have to figure out how that works for your family yep. and you know, what principles can you glean from and what maybe doesn't make sense. You right. know, I would completely agree with Andy that credit card is not bad. If you have the discipline to do it, there's a lot of benefits of that. Actually um, there's, you know, you can get some protection from like buying vacations or flights or whatever on the or rental cars on those things. Like, you know, I've used, I'm a, I'm a points guy. Oh, like, yeah. I take advantage of the system, but you know, but like anything, it can become a bad thing right. if you let it get out of control. So. Right. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, to, to go along with what Brett said, Ben Bullard leads a sub-ops team of financial guys in our church, and they help uh, really with a lot of the financial things of our church, give great wisdom. And we're hoping to have a couple of those guys on a podcast here this month as well. So you can be looking forward to that. If you have more questions about church finance and about uh, just finance in general, uh, that could be coming here, hopefully. Christian, I know you, you've... you've as we talk about money, we talk about trusting God. I mean, how, how many times do we get to a point where in our lives we don't have the money, but, you know, God, we're trusting to come through. And, and you and your wife uh, have done that here. You're, what, mid-20s, and, and already we've seen uh, the fruit of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, my wife and I got married when we were in college, um, which was a great I, – I do not regret that at all. It was not a great financial decision uh, being – one, you're already a broke college student, but then you're a broke married college student. That's like a whole new level of broke. Um, but I mean, even in that first year of marriage, um, there was a time I, I shared with the students actually last night in uh, our, um, as we were going through our message and talking about, there was a time that our, our dog, we got her fixed because uh, we also, being broke college students, decided to get a dog. Um, that's a whole nother question not, or a whole nother story. But uh, we got her fixed and, you know, the day after she ripped out all of our stitches and we had just spent, you know, we had just turned in rent. We had just turned in, uh, the, the bill for to get her fixed. And we're like, what in the world? We got to go take her to like an emergency vet visit. And, uh, like that day we got home and there was, you know, uh, like an exact check, like to the T, like what we needed to pay that vet bill. Mm. And, you know, it was, we had no idea how we were going to do it, but we're like, we're not going to let our dog like bleed out and die. Like that's inhumane. We love her, you know, we're going to take care of her. And so even in small things like that have seen God provide. Um, but one of the biggest ways that I've seen God provide in our financial life, um, was this past year. Um, actually, you know, I I know I've heard so many stories and I'm sure so many listening through COVID it's shaken up so many things financially. And, uh, I was, I was part of that as well. Um, at the time I was on staff at a church in Lafayette and, um, very quickly just, they were not able to pay me anymore. Mm. Um, and they were, they were super upfront, super gracious with me about that. You know, walked me, like told me beforehand, gave me a timeline of like when things were going to work out and all this kind of stuff. But it was about a four month process of not knowing how much longer like a check was going to be coming in. And I cannot count how many times it almost seemed like it was like two or three times a day. And my wife and I were sitting down trying to figure out our new budget and our budget was changing constantly. Cause it was like, what, well, it, it was this, this week, but it might not be this next week, but it could still be. So it was just a very confusing time. And we just 
throughout the time we kept praying and trusting that God was good. Um, you know, we were trying to cut all different places. Where could we cut budget? Where could we cut spending to figure out how, just how to make ends meet? Um, and you know, one of the things we felt really, really, um, convicted about is that even though it was easy, uh, we were not going to cut our tithe. Um, even though our tithe was going down because our 10% was no longer what the 10% was before. Um, we were like, we feel very adamant that throughout our life, when we have stopped tithing or like it's transitioned to a new series or like new way or whatever. And, uh, you know, that's not been a regular part of us or a part of our lives. We've gotten to a point where it's like, that's when the money gets tight. Mm. But the moment that we continue to give back to God, our money is not tight. And that is a trusting process. Cause it's not, there's that four month span. It was not, it was, we could use that money every month. Yeah. But throughout that entire time, it was never, we looking back, we're like, we were never tight. We sh- and we 100% should have been. Yeah. Like when we look back and try and figure out how in the world did we pay these bills? I, I don't know. Yeah. But the money was always there. Um, and it was always there in abundance. Like even of like, you know, if we wanted to go out with friends, like, well, we couldn't really do that cause it was COVID. But like <laughs> if we wanted to, wanted to have a date night in, like w- there was always the little bit of money we needed to do whatever we needed to do. Mm. Um, and I credit that all to God and, and trusting him and, and knowing that he was going to provide even in a very, very hard financial time. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily just because, you know, we chose not to give up our tithe, but I do think that was a part of it of just saying, God, even, even in the midst of this chaos and how we don't know, maybe if the next paycheck is going to come next week, we're still going to trust that like what you do with this 10% is important. Um, and so it was, uh, man, I just seeing God work, um, that, that through those months was, was incredible, um, awesome. yeah. in, in our I financial can, situation. And I can build on that a little bit. There was, uh, I, I learned Shelby and I learned a lot of the same lessons that you're talking about Christian down when we were actually at Southeast, there was, we never knew who it was. There was somebody in the church that would just leave like 500 plus dollars in cash in, the mailboxes of interns and um and we none of the interns knew there was like 12 or 15 of us at the time none of us knew that this was happening to other people until like one day we started talking about it and then we started talking about how the timing of that was incredible because it's not like Mm -hmm. they didn't walk in and leave it in all 12 or 15 of us at the same time it was like these periodic things and i remember i don't even remember what it was but shelby and i had you know, it was, it was a tight financial season, very similar to what you talked about getting married in college. We were just married, living on an intern salary and, you know, and didn't know sometimes where the next groceries were going to come from. And, and, uh, and, and we had a, I believe it was a car thing and no idea how we were going to pay for it. And I walk into my mailbox on a Tuesday morning and there's $500 cash in, um, and I remember thinking like, we were just like so dumbfounded that in, and I, and I really believe that the, the heart behind that, it, cause it had been happening for a long time was to, was to plant. And really what it did for me was plant a seed of generosity in my heart. Mm-hmm. Like that I was the receiver of that generosity on that day. But one day I wanted to be the guy that was leaving the envelope of cash in mm-hmm. someone else's 
mailbox and blessing them. And so, I mean, I think that's just, that's just what God does. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he has the ability to use someone else to meet a need in a time when they, they have no idea. Um, so, yeah. so cool. for, for me and my wife, it was kind of on the flip side of that because from the very start, you know, we we controlled our money as much as possible, saved it up, and we were able to help out a lot of people when we were living in Texas. You know, every now and then we'd stick a couple hundred dollars in someone's mailbox, we'd buy groceries, leave it on someone's porch, and nice. then run away as quickly as we could so they wouldn't <laughs> see us. Um, and so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we we actually, I think I'd started to pride myself on that. And then last year, you know, I lost my job mm-hmm. for two months, couldn't find a job. And unemployment wasn't coming through, and it I actually got depressed for a couple of months, mm-hmm. and it was a really big struggle for me until I eventually, and it wasn't for months later that I learned that it was to humble me mm-hmm. and teach me to rely on God rather than relying on myself and my own finances, but not just in terms of money, but in terms of, like, position. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, you know, I'm intelligent and I'm educated, I'm destined for great things. And then realizing, oh, you know, I'm unemployed. And I'd been looking down on unemployed people as lazy and entitled. And suddenly I'm one of them and realize they're not lazy and entitled. So it um, is one of the ways I really grew last year. It was very painful growth, Mm -hmm. but uh, I think very necessary um, because now I can still exercise that generosity, but I can do it with a more humility that is awesome. Yeah, what, what a combination. And, and I think um, I'm excited for the next several weeks as we, as we dive into that because we want to give you strategy. We want to uh, equip you to be wise with your money. But, man, we want, we want God to work on our hearts. And we want us to, to know that he is the provider of all things, uh, no matter what season you're going through. So we look forward to talking with you next week. And if you have any questions, again, you can email me, alinch at kingswaychurch.org.